0: Welcome again to the road trip show here on Big George Digital with Diedrich and myself. Today we're going to do a bit of an uh, in nine and um, some of Diedrich's favorite places to visit, but before we go there, I think let's um uh, quickly speak about where road trip is going, what's happening on the road trip app and so forth.
1: How's it, Kevab? Yeah. And to all our listeners, it's been a, been a little while since we've been, been here, but I've been on the road, um, a couple of times. I've got two more visits to the Kruger Park under my belt since I think we last spoke and we'll maybe chat about that one in the next, the next podcast. The Kruger Park podcast always work well, but some interesting stuff we're doing, gonna do the N9 today. Now the N9 is a road that stretches from Colesburg down through to George. So you're in the great Karoo and in the little Karoo, but Couple of interesting spots that we hit there. We're going to hit a couple of the Anglo-Boer war sites. And we spoke about the book by the author Simon Green, um, on all the blockhouses in South Africa. And I spent a happy couple of days adding all those blockhouses that he's got in that book to the app. And we've only, we've only got about 60 or 65 remnants of blockhouses that are worth having a look at. But I chatted to Simon. He said he, he didn't put anything there that wasn't higher than knee height. Because he said that if it's lower than knee height, it's not really worth looking at. It's worth reporting <laughs> yeah. really worth looking at, so yeah. not, not many of the blockhouses <laughs> are left over, but something that struck me because I asked him how many blockhouses were there in South Africa, and officially, I think it was nine thousand two hundred and something, but he's Your- got numbers now that are heading closer to the ten thousand. <laughs>
0: wow. That's a lot. And
1: you, if you just work that out, each blockhouse has got six to 10 people in it. Yeah. <laughs> now, think of the logistics of keeping this lot supplied. Yeah, that must be a nightmare. It, it, it was, it was, I, I was absolutely astounded. I knew about the blockhouse, I knew about the blockhouse lines that they put up, et cetera, et cetera. I never came anywhere close to thinking there were just around ten thousand blockhouses in the country, so it's a fascinating yeah. study. The engineering behind it and the thought processes and the strategies and the tactics behind the blockhouses and why they were built where they were, et etc et etc there's some really cool stories in that one so a lot of a lot of the blockhouses, like I said, the ones in his book are are on on the app. But the, the the background and stuff here I'm gonna to have to make it tell you to go and buy buy his two books. They they're really worth getting if you are interested in um South African military history. So that was the one project. That project led me to another author. We're gonna meet him once or twice on our on our route today as well, Dean Allen, who's an absolute authority on history in the Eastern Cape area. And we sort of just skirting on the Eastern Cape, Harafronet, you know, on the border of Craddock and Cookhouse and those kind of places. He's also got two beautiful books. I've got the first one on the app. I'm about halfway through his second one. And he's got a beautiful town histories and stories of little little projects that are going on in those little towns. And the books, as I say, are actually nice nice optimistic books. A lot of the towns are resurrecting and getting their mojo back. A lot of them for for like 20 odd years sort of started sinking and there was a general exodus of people. But it looks as if a lot of those towns are resurrecting and starting to... This breath of new life is coming into them.
0: Oh, that's awesome news.
1: Yeah, I know, that's really cool. And I mean I love those areas. And <laughs> like, like 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 you said, the N9 goes through two of my favorite towns. We go through Crafanet and we go through New Bethesda, which are two of my favorite little Karoo Dorpies. But then Dean Allen Dean Allen's book, and I don't know if it was his book or whether it was Simon Green's book, but um I got an email from a gentleman with the name of Mario Skippers. And Marius Gippers wrote a book called Move the Border. And he's documented, and as far as I know, it's the only written record of this. But is he, he yeah. documented the, the, the major battles of what we call the border war. And he got hold of me and said, would I be interested in putting these battle sites onto the app? And I, I had to think about it because there's not a hell of a lot left to see of these battles. I mean, this is heavy bush in the middle of Angola. Yeah. With, with, you know, and we're talking the period 1966 to 1989. So, you know, 66, 76, 86, 23, 24 odd years this, 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 this war carried on. Yeah. And the sites themselves, there's, there's, there's five or six sites where there's still a couple of burnt out tanks and shot up vehicles and you can still see some of the old... Um, you know relics of those fights but i, I thought you know what i'm actually going to put it on the app so we've got the locations of all of those battles and fantastic descriptions of who was involved in those fights who went where we've got a couple of the battle maps up there a couple of the original maps from the fights are even up on the on the app and on on those battle sites so that's yeah. also been a kind of an amazing little Exercise for me. I mean, I was part of that that war. I was I was one of the conscripts that went into the army during that time. And even yeah, I, my father was yeah, there. And I even had no <coughs> idea of the scale of some of those operations. You know, we yeah. we, were, we were halfway, three quarters of the way up in Angola. We we were operating yes. on the border of the Zaire, of the Congo. We had guys operating on the border of the Congo right through up to the coast on Luanda. Yes, it is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff to read. All those battle descriptions and fights, and again, you know, you're looking at a battle group that did three thousand kilometers in thirty days or something. Unbelievable! Absolutely yeah. unbelievable stories that have come out of that, and that's turning into a another little little interview on a on a YouTube channel uh, that I'm going to be doing next week. Um, that, that, that's, that concentrates on the border wall because no one else has done what we've now got on our app with all of these battles in one place on a map that you can actually sort of see the scale and size and shape of the, yep. of, of the operations that we did. So that, so I've had a, I've had a good, good three weeks of some hard learning on all sorts of interesting stuff. So the yes. app is, the app is growing and it's really cool to see how it is, how it's growing and how, how big it's actually getting. So, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it at the moment. Taking up a lot (laughs) of time. Taking up an awful lot of time, but I think it's going to be worthwhile. I think tourism is coming back. We've got uh, another two nice big groups coming September, October. I've got a family group that's inquired for Kruger in November. So things are definitely happening tourism. That's that's just, that's, that's cool. That's cool. But if we are, if we get back onto the, onto the N9, now the N9, Kicks off in um, in Colesberg Now, Colesburg is one of those funny little Karoo towns. I mean, there's not much on it, and Colesburg got hit kind of hard when the N1 was built because the N1 skirts skirts around like the northern side of the town. Yeah, you stopped going down the main road. And then I think they yes. had too much money because that's at the, the 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 intersection on sort of the. This, the southeastern side of, or the southwestern side rather of Colesberg is a massive spaghetti junction that would do Cape Town or Johannesburg proud. So I think they had too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this absolutely spaghetti junction because it's the N1 intersects with the N9. And I'm not sure why they had to do it this way, but it's a, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible junction. If, and if you hit the wrong one, you, you, you bugger off down the wrong, down the wrong highway.
0: Yeah, there's and, a couple in Pretoria as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you and, and think I mean, this is, what this is to, the good they they think? They could, could have just had an intersection. They could have just put a normal intersection there. But, okay. <laughs> so, but, but at least look, at least there's no stop streets and stuff. So, but at least you can just, yeah. you can just go through it. But I mean, Colesburg's the junction. I mean, there's a lot of roads that are coming to Colesburg and you've got the main road that just as you're coming in from the northern side, you've got, you've just come past the Geriep Dam. The other road goes up to um uh Petrasville and eventually goes up to the Fon der Kloof Dam, another one of our major, major uh waterworks. Yeah. Uh you know, Fontakluf, we've spoken about Thunder Orania, the village of Orania is pretty close to there. You've got um the R fifty eight that comes out. Yeah, so there's a whole spaghetti junction, the roads are coming to Colesburg. So understandable that there's a lot of traffic. So but, well maybe that's why they got that big spaghetti junction. You kinda trucks and things stopping there. So they had yeah. to, and they had to design the spaghetti thing to keep the traffic flowing. <laughs> but I always, yeah. I always sort of go back to Colzberg with a bit of nostalgia because that's where I saw the first monument that gave me the idea for road trip. Yeah, and when you go into town, I love driving into these little towns. Um. First of all, the diesel and petrol. The diesel's definitely cheaper in these little towns. The petrol doesn't matter. But you've got the little shops and the proper built-on shops, and otherwise you've got the choice of the branded garage outside of town, with the branded type yeah. with 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 the rubbish food in it. And if <laughs> yeah. you go into town, you can get decent built-on an a fed cooker or a, or, a, or a decent bloody or something. And yes. I get onto the end of the end of the road, and you get like a little funny T junction thing that goes around the main church at the end of the end of the road, and you're coming in from the north. And there's a funny little statue, monumenty thing in the middle of this of the traffic circle, and it's 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 on this little base, like a little semicircle base thing, and then on top of it is like a very fancy trellis work, and on top of it is three little lanterns. And I look at this and I go, wow, in heaven's name have they got these little lanterns here in the middle of what almost looks like a little copy. It's like a little, almost looks like a little mini botanical garden at the end of the road. And here's in the middle of this thing, stands stands this little statue thing. And I actually got out the car, stopped the car, got out the car, families asked me, what am I doing? I said, I want to see what this thing is. Why, Dad? I said, I don't know what this thing is. It looks interesting. What is it? And (laughs) it's a... It's a little memorial for the Jubilee celebrations of Queen Victoria. Oh. And it was raised by subscription of the residents of Karlsberg. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, interesting. So obviously quite a bit of a rah rah at that stage for for Victoria's centenary. And I thought that's that's kind of interesting that this thing has existed and it hasn't been stolen, number one. And it's still hey, a little there. But this still that's kinda of cool. And I took one or two photographs of it. And that was sort of the germ of the idea of road trip to show people that this stuff actually still exists. Yeah. So I always drive past that little spot and sort of salute it as I go past. But Victoria was an interesting interesting character. I mean she's she had sixty-four years on the throne. Queen Elizabeth has just overtaken her as the longest reigning monarch ever. Or no, not longest monarch ever, longest British monarch. And then there's still two Two other, um, king, king or queen that have, that have reigned slightly longer. But yeah, uh, every single year during your entire 64 year reign, Great Britain was fighting someone somewhere around the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, kind of lets you understand why a lot of people don't like them. Yeah, an awful lot of, awful <laughs> lot of people are not too not too keen on the Brits yeah. and the empire building and, and, and But and that includes three three conflicts with the Boer republics as well as conflicts with the Zulus and the Kazas in South Africa. Yeah, so two Anglo Boer wars and then they sort of it was almost like a bit of a personal fight with uh, Andries Pretorius. Um, Pretorius got got donated down in in Durban. I don't know if you remember the Battle of Congela. Dick yeah. you got to remember the story of Dick King, Congella, Dick oh, King. Oh, yes. Where he of started his ride. We we the, the, mustn't forget about Dick King. <laughs> you can't forget about Dick King. And, uh, <laughs> and then also the Battle of Boomplatz, which is a relatively unknown little, little fight just south of Bloemfontein. And that was kind of the the start of the conflict that eventually led to the Free State becoming a poor republic. Because the Battle of Congela was kind of about who owned the spot and who was chief in charge and and yeah, but that that we can get into on some other serious lesson. That Victoria, yeah, what can I say? And I mean, she she died during the Anglo-Boer War, so she never saw the end of the second second Anglo-Boer War. But in in Colesburg itself, there's a very interesting little museum called the Kemper Museum. The little little <laughs> museum, all on 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 lo- local history. Interesting enough, it's got a lot of local fossils. That whole Karoo area is an absolute hotspot for fossils. Um, yeah, weird, of weird reptiles and ancient stuff like pre dinosaur times. Um, in there, there's also a very interesting display on what we call the donkey car mensa, the, the donkey cart people, which was okay. Like, uh, I don't know, they're hesitant to use the word, but in it's own, like their own culture or tribe nomads that use donkey carts. Yeah, <sighs> there's still remnants of them that, that, that you see in the remoter areas of the Karoo. A lot of stuff on the Anglo-Boer War, et cetera. And, uh, also some bits about the, the first diamonds that were discovered. We're just on the southern side of the Orange River here, just up, up the way a little bit to the north is Kimberley, where diamonds were discovered, etc. So the Kimberley yes. is one of these spots that's really worth, um, going into. And then just, just on, just at the Victoria Monument is another beautiful church. But this one wasn't, It's not our normal architect. Okay. He's not, he's not here yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, it was, it was, this one already dates, dates back to like the, 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 the 1830s land was donated to the church and they started building this thing in 1860. Eventually they built the tower in the late 1920s. But interesting, interestingly enough, it's a Dutch reformed church, but Colesburg was still close enough to the coast at that time to have felt the impact of the 1820 settlers. So a lot of the 1820 settlers, I mean, they came in into that area from sort of East London where there were all those wars and conflicts with the, uh, And a lot of them moved away from that because they didn't come there for fighting. They came there to settle into farms and to, and to make themselves a new life. So quite a few of them north. And a lot of them happened to settle in this Colesburg area. And yeah. the 1820s said obviously not Dutch Reformed. They were Methodist. They came from the UK. But this particular Dutch Reformed church holds the distinction of being one of the very, very few churches. In fact, I think one of the only churches, Afrikaans churches, that actually specially held English services for them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but anyway, from, from the middle of town, you then hit the spaghetti junction and you now you head off basically due due south on the on the N9. And in a little spot called No Nopert translates as, as narrow um narrow pass. Yeah. Puerto Puerto in Afrikaans is, is a pass or a or a way through the mountains, the defile. Yes and it's a very very interesting blockhouse because it's not a, it's not a square blockhouse all the other blockhouses either square or hexagonal this this one looks like the base of a windmill and oh, okay. honestly it looks <laughs> it looks like a windmill transported straight out of the netherlands out or out of spain it's the weirdest it's the weirdest thing and um okay <clears throat> you know, the blockhouse system blockhouses all in long little lines to to stop the poor commandos to stop their free movement across the countryside etc and it's, this is just a really really interesting one because it's a circular one it looks like a windmill that's lost its top but it okay. is definitely a blockhouse it's got the fortified um windows in it etc and it's just a really unique design so it's it's worth this. it's worth the stop it's a little way off the road um but if you got the app you can navigate straight to it it's a little little turn off and then down a little dirt road onto some farmland, and there you've got yeah. this, this, this blockhouse just outside Noport. Mm-hmm. Then the, your next town is Middleburg, and there seems to be Middleburgs all over the place. There there's used to be there's a Middleburg in, in Pumalanga, and then now there's this Middleburgs yeah. in, in in the Cape as well. And again, interesting little, interesting little museum in there. It's called the P.W. Foster Museum. It's this, that's named after the family on his farm. It is lots and lots of old photographs in there. There's a little military history section in the museum. Um, which, and and that, that relates obviously to the Anglo Boer War. These places were all hubs of, hives of activity in the Anglo Boer War for the British. As they were moving from town to town, they would use the towns as a, as a natural, Um, base, you know, to, to consolidate. And then from there, they would build the block houses or send out their, you know, send the troops out or whatever it was. Yeah. But a really interesting little, little, little spot in, in Middleburg is a spot called the chair monument. Okay. And the monument itself is shaped like a chair on the monument. Is a picture of a chair, okay. and it's in honor of a name of commandant J. Lotter and his right hand man or his second in command p j Wolfhard. because these guys were betrayed by some of their men and they were betrayed to the English and they were executed by the British. Because the British argued that these guys were Cape Rebels. Okay. Now, what that means is that when the Anglo-Boer War broke out, the residents of the Cape Colony and the colony of Natal were regarded as British citizens. Yeah. And the residents of the Free State and the Transvaal, or South African Republic, were regarded as citizens of those two republics. And as citizens of the British colonies, they were obliged to fight on the British side. Okay. A lot of the the guys didn't and moved over to the Boers, and they were—they were that was considered treason. Oh yes. And the 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 penalty for treason was death. Yeah. So, Volfart. Was caught. He was betrayed by one of his men. Balfour was also accused of a murder, where he supposedly shot a British soldier, executed a British soldier, and uh, unproven, I think, at this point. But the two, the two of them, were shot at the spot, and um, that happened in in October 1901, and they were actually buried there as well. Wolfart is okay. shot there three days later, also executed. But later on, after the war, they were buried in the Middleburg Cemetery. That that that, yeah. mon- that monument is um, kind of kind of a harsh reminder of those times. Yeah, you know where you get put on the chair and the point blank range, bang off you go <laughs> by, um, naughty naughty person. So <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it almost, it was almost like a bit of a summary court. Was, there wasn't like huge trials and stuff. I think, I think you could be a, a major or something and you could, and you could run, run the, the trial. Yeah. Bang. Off you go. Done. There's the trial and you found guilty. Next day you shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you. South, south of Middleburg, the road starts a little bit of windy, windy stuff and you start getting into a slightly mountainous area. But are just slightly off to the west of the N9. Now, uh, the first time I went into New Bethesda, we were on a, on a, on a coach tour. So we're on this great big luxury coach. Yeah. And we're talking a 52 seater luxury coach, double back axles. This thing is 60 tons worth of bus. And we've got and you've got New Bethesda on this itinerary. The bus driver asked me, Do I know New Bethesda? I said, I know of it. I don't know it. I've never been there. I said, Have you been there? And was a lady driving? She says, No. I wasn't never been there. I said, Well, it's on the itinerary, so we're kind of obliged to do this. (laughs) Yeah. So we get the first turn-off that says New Bethesda and we look at the map and there's a road that goes to New Bethesda and then comes out New Bethesda on the other side and you then come out and you rejoin the N9. So you're doing two sides of this triangle. Yeah. So she looks at me and I look at her and I say, well, let's go. Oh, my word. How she got that coach over that dirt road, I don't know. Tiny, narrow little Karoo dirt road over little rivers and through little passes in one or two places. You had to literally back up the bus two or three times to get around the corners.
0: But okay.
1: we then got into new Bethesda and it is worth every minute of getting into that little town. It is one of these typical little Karoo dorpies little houses with stoops in front, corrugated iron roofs, you know, the little white posts, yeah. little frilly stuff on the verandas.
0: Yeah, Um
1: <laughs> awesome. The one memory I have is there was one, like, kind of little restaurant-y spot open. We hit this place at lunchtime, and you're sitting on the veranda, and there's cows that come meandering down the road in the middle of the
0: town.
1: <laughs> There's no other cars that come in, come in there, absolutely nothing. But you yeah. go there and you go there for one reason basically only, and that is to go and visit a spot called the Owl House. Oh, yes. And the Owl House was the home of an artist, uh, called Helen Martins. Yeah. And wasn't that on the news at some point now? Uh, it could well have been. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could well have been. But the place is, is kind of surreal. She, Jello Martins was a teacher and, um, after her father's death, 1945 or so, she, she starts, she comes back to New Bethesda and starts transforming her house into this art gallery kind of, kind of spot. Yeah. But she was obsessed with owls and camels. And this house is just covered covered in owls and camels.
0: It's all in yeah.
1: cement, cement cement sculptures, stroke artworks, they're in the garden, they're in the house, they're in the bathroom. It's 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 a surreal kind of thing. Beautiful stained glass windows everywhere. Yeah. And she was obviously quite a troubled quite a troubled soul that she eventually committed suicide by drinking Drankina. Oh, Lovely, <laughs> gross uh yeah, so <laughs> somewhere along the line somewhere along the line, she was not a not a very happy person, but that Owl house has now been taken over by a trust and it's a major tourist attraction, yeah, so it's a really, really cool little spot to visit it really is is worth visiting, and then there's another one in there called the Kitching Fossil Exploration Center, and okay. um. The guy whose name is James Kitching, he was a what's called a vertebrate paleontologist, a vertebrate paleontologist. Okay. And he he became known for collecting specimens for a guy by the name of Robert Broom. I don't know if you know the name Robert Broom. Very Sounds famous, familiar. Very famous paleontologist from Witz University who discovered Mrs. Bliss.
0: Oh, okay. And yes. very
1: involved <clears throat> with the Cradle of Humankind. And in fact, Robert Broom has a bust in the Sturpontine caves. Um, yes. So this all, all of this kind of stuff, all this kind of stuff is linked. And you're talking now, the fossils that come out of this area are somewhere around 250 million years old. Yes. You know, so when you, when you're talking about, um, what we know is the dinosaurs from 65 million years ago. We are closer to those dinosaurs than those dinosaurs are to these fossils.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In other words, older shit.
1: Yeah. Time frame. Time frame. And it's a weird thought that the fossil, yeah. all the guy all the big guys we know, the T. Rexes and all these famous, famous dinosaurs that we know about, are yeah. They they died out 65 million years ago. We know yes. 250 million years ago. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bizarre. You, you, we never can, you, you can never quite, quite, quite work, work that out. Yeah. And, and just another interesting thing about New Bethesda, um, Athol Fugard that, um, our famous playwright wrote his play Road to Mecca and New Bethesda was actually the focal point of Ethel Fugard's play as well. Okay. Uh, New Bethesda, it's about 30-odd Ks, 30, 35 kilometers off the main road. It is worth every kilometer of that drive to go into New Bethesda. And New Bethesda is really booming at, at the moment. Houses are being sold. And it's one of these really typical Karoo Dorpies, little sand road, little trees that have been planted, little canals in front of the houses, you know, the yeah. little, footbridge, little footbridge over the canal that leads up to the gate. Yes. So absolutely <laughs> stunning, absolutely stunning, um, little spot to visit. Worth every, every minute of the detail or of the detour, rather. Yeah. But then of now we yes. when you hit, when you get back onto the N9 and you keep on going south, your next main town that you hit is Graf Oh, Haraprimit yes. is a fantastic historical town. It's one of our, I think it's the fourth oldest town in South Africa. And it's still yeah. a little town that was established by the VSC. Okay. So Haraprimit was founded in 1786. Sorry, it's the fifth oldest town. Not the, it's the fifth oldest town. Let me just get my history sorted out here. So Cape Town, Stellenbosch, Pale, Swellendam. Those are the first four. And then you now get Reinet. So if you think about sort of Cape Town, Stellenbosch and Pale, those two are all within fifty kilometers of each other. Yeah. Then your next one is Swellendam. Now Swellendam is what, probably two hundred Ks or so outside of um Cape Town, if not slightly more. Yeah. Because the VOC now had to do something to try and keep a little bit of law and order. And then Khojafrenet is now even further out in in out in the boonies, as this Cape yeah. Colony is is slowly expanding and carrying on. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> you can imagine very difficult to keep control of this little spot, and to the point that Swellendam, or, or sorry, Khojafrenet, actually declared themselves as an independent colony at one stage because they were so fed up. With the Dutch East India Company.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, I suppose they weren't happy with that.
1: Yeah. And Echrafranet, <laughs> of course, is also is also kind of known as it was it was the starting point of the the trick groups led by Gerrit Maritz and Petrutif. Ah yes. Petrutif, the whole story in KZN with King Dingan being killed and, and and eventually led to Blood River and all the rest. But it all started, yeah. All those years ago in Krafranet, and the unhappiness of the burgers with the administration of this little town, yeah, so uh right right now, Crafranet holds the distinction of being home to more national monuments than any other city or town in South Africa. oh wow, okay, so, that sounds interesting. so you know, if you like places like Stellenbosch and stuff. It's still a Bosch on steroids. <laughs> Most beautiful architecture. The centre of town, of course, is the is the is the main Dutch Reformed church, and probably one of the nicest and beautiful churches in South Africa. It's sort of built in what they call Gothic Gothic Revival, and it's based on Salisbury Cathedral in England. Yeah, it's a huge church. I mean, the thing seats twelve hundred people. So, you know, you're talking quite a, quite a serious building. Yeah, definitely, especially for that time. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, when you're coming into town, (coughs) you've got the, um, and well, again, Crawford is one of these little towns that's almost surrounded by national park. You've got the Camdebu national park, basically right around, right around the town. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's sort of mixed in. There's beautiful, beautiful places to visit in in, in these, in these, in, in, the, in the national park. Um, national parks is dissected by one of the main roads. So it's it's, 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 kind of complicated, but I think, you know, if we're coming in now and you're coming into town and you're coming in on the N9, the first thing that you're going to hit is the Andres Pretorius monument. Yes. But Andres Pretorius also came from Craft So now you're looking at the retief, but it's and Pretorius. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pretorius is the oak that went and revenged Retief's death, et cetera, et cetera, under Pretorius and carried it all on his own. I mean, this guy yeah. all over South Africa. And, um, we mentioned, we, we mentioned, um, the battles, uh, that, that, that Britain fought with the three Boer republics. Pretorius yeah. was involved in all of them. Boom, Boom um, Blood River, Congella, and Boom Pretorius was involved in. He was also at the Sand River Convention. We know all about the Sand River Convention on the N1 just at the (laughs) Sand River. Remember the Sand River Conventional Monument that we've, that we've been in? He, he, he helped initiate the independence of the Transvaal. So Pretorius is an interesting character, but he hails from this area as well. Then you got the Camdebu National Park. You got the entrance to the Camdebu National Park there and You've got to go through town though to get to the interesting spot of the kamdebu National Park, and it's it, South Africa's it twenty-second national park. It was it was proclaimed only in two thousand and five. It's one hundred and ninety-five, one hundred ninety-four square kilometers, but it protects some of the Karoo biome and the Karoo plants because a lot of that stuff is being destroyed by the intensive farming in the area. The sheep farming around Kruger yeah. is also quite intense. Uh, agave um, production to make tequila. They make tequila yes, in, yes. in in Chihuahua. And the most beautiful, beautiful viewpoint that you've got to get to to at sunset is up to the viewpoint called the Valley of Desolation. It oh, is the most okay. unbelievable viewpoint. You go into the park. I mean, there's a couple of antelope that run around. In the park, in the Springbok, there's some Cape Mountain, Zebra, Blessbok, Eland, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's more, it's, the, the park was established more to protect the the plant, the plant life. But it yes. winds up up the, up these hills, and then suddenly, suddenly you pop out at the top of this this, this little viewpoint, and they built a couple of like little retaining walls. On a clear day, I think you can see about 200 kilometers. Oh, wow. And it is the most beautiful, beautiful area. You're facing almost due west, so as the sun sets, yeah, you get the most beautiful Karoo sunsets. And the sort of the, the 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 stock standard thing there is to go and have sundowners on top of the mountain. Yeah, so that's the kind of must do that you that, that when you when you in Crawfordite. But we've again we've we've gone through town and I've got to reverse now and come back out. So you've you've come in past Under Pretorius Monument. The next one is just next to the main road, you've got Robert Subukwe's grave. Okay. Robert Subukwe was the founder of the Pan Africanist Congress. Ah. And he was one of these characters that was very, very involved in the um Anti-apartheid and anti-white government um or anti-white rule activism. He studied at the University of Fort Hare. He lectured at at um, Rhodes University. But he was arrested in jail for leading the Sharpeville march in 1960. That Sharpeville march that led to that fatal shooting of all those people in Sharpeville. That's right. Yes. So he come. He also hails yeah from from Graaff Okay, uh, he's he's buried he's buried in town there. So again, I just lo- I love <laughs> the sort of the, the the contrast that you've got Pretorius up the road, and then you've got Robert Sabugwe just there. Yeah. With- <laughs> <laughs> so when you go into town, I mean, you've got like like I said, you've got the most monuments and museums, et cetera, et cetera, of any of any town. In South Africa, you've got, you've got the, the, the Dutch Reformed Church. You've got a fantastic little military museum. So a lot of the Dutch East <clears throat> India can, history is in there. You've got, um, the Renette House Museum, which is the, which is the old Dutch parsonage, Dutch Reformed parsonage. And it's the perfect yeah. example of what they, they call the, the, the Cape H form house. So the, the, when you're looking at the house, you've got this beautiful gable. And then sort of it goes out from the gable to the, to the left and right of the gable. And then each of those little wing on it to make the H. Yeah. And that was just the building style. So because the roof, you could only build a roof as long as the the tree stump that you could find. So yeah, you know, that support, that support the main beam on two side walls. And then that would be the support for the next to the cross pieces. So you could, so you'd either have a, a rectangle or you'd have an H rectangle. Yes. E or H. That's a beautiful example (laughs) of that. You've got an ancient um, church building. one It's the fifth oldest church building in South Africa that was saved from demolition by Anton Rupert. It's called the Hester Rupert Art Museum. Fantastic little art museum in town. And you then, of course, I've got the Anglo-Boer War Memorial in town as well. Yeah. So Grafrenet is definitely one of those little spots that it's worth spending a day or two in town. And there's some lovely hotels. I've got some stunning, stunning memories of staying in beautiful lodges and hotels there. Um Just, yeah, abs- just absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning little town to go into. But Now now when you head out of Grafrenet, you're now heading out down through Aberdeen, through to Willowmore. You're now in the Great Karoo. And this is just miles of flat, flat nothing, sheep farming, flat copies everywhere. And yeah. I, I just, I absolutely just love, love that countryside. But, uh, when you come into Willowmore. Now I think Willowmore is obviously on some kind of mission to try and get some tourists there because they've, they've just, deci- they've decided that they've got a Wonderboom, a Wonder Tree. And, uh, Okay. the only other yeah. wandelboom I know of is that massive one in Pretoria. Yeah, this,
0: this, is,
1: this is this is. And uh, not not to put Willowmore down again as one of these really nice little, it's a really friendly little town. It really <laughs> is. That this wonderboom is two different kinds of trees that are growing together, and it's a shepherd's tree, next and, and intertwined with a guari, with a guari tree. Okay. And these these two, or the the the, the shepherd's tree is also known as a vitkat, boom. Okay. And it's interesting <laughs> because the Witgat boom, this particular one has got three stems coming out of the ground. Most of them have only got one main stem. This one's got three. And then it's kind yeah. of like twisted with this other one. It's got like this little, little eye in the middle of it that you can, that you can look through. So they've decided yeah. that it's a tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> For some of the
0: English-speaking people that uh, does not know what Witgat means, it means white ass. <laughs> that's
1: that's <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> but then, then I said, like I said, you go into Willowmore. Willowmore, really, it's one of these little up-and-coming towns. The, the little houses have been repainted. It's a tiny little town. It dates back to the eighteen eighteen sixties. And you want more information on this? Is this is one of the one of the spots that Dean Allen has in his books, and he goes into a lot of detail on these little Karoo towns. And like I said, it's just a nice, friendly little town. Lots of little spots yeah. to stop at. It's one of the little towns that's sort of really building and, um, start starting to, to, to resurrect. But yeah. now what happens out of Willemore, as you now carry on the N9, you, you're going just to the east of what's called the Swartberg. Now the Swartberg is a major, major mountain range. And the center of the Swartberg lies directly north of Ootsworen. <clears throat> now, what happens is as you come down through Willowmore towards Uniondale, you now out of the Groot Karoo or the Great Karoo and you hit what's called the Little Karoo. Yeah. Little Karoo is that area that sort of stretches from Barrydale through Ladysmith, Union Uniondale, sort of to almost, not quite, but almost to Willowmore. And... yeah. It's slightly wetter. It's slightly more fertile. It's slightly more overgrown. It's, it's a lot greener than the Great Karoo. And when you look at the geography, it's kind of obvious because the N9 is literally 50, 60 kilometers away now from the ocean. Yeah. Just north of Nysna. Now, you know, Neisner, Neisner's forests. It's great. It's, it's great big, tropical big yes. forest, forest and, and, and all the rest of it. So you got to look at this and you go, how can that place have these massive forests with elephants and all the stories and things that go with Naisna? Then you go over the mountains, suddenly hitting semi-desert, next set of mountains, and it's almost pure desert. And <laughs> yeah. it's actually very simple in that the mountains, you know, when you get out of Georgia and you're heading towards Otsu and you're going over the Otoniquas, and the yes. Otoniquas is a major mountain range, and it causes <clears throat> it's a barrier to the moisture. So any of the moisture that comes off the ocean Hits those mountains yeah. and goes, I can't go any further. So let me put all the rain here. So all yes. the rain falls <laughs> in a very narrow strip, sort of nature's valley, Pledenburg Bay, Neisner through to Mossel Bay. Yeah. The little bit of moisture that gets over the mountains then goes into the little Karoo. Yes. So that's why, you, that's why you've got the farming, et cetera, et cetera around Otsuan. That's why Otsuan is so superbly adapted for ostriches and tobacco. And you drive through Otsuan. And there's all sorts of crops. There's onions and there's all sorts of things growing Lucerne, all sorts of stuff growing in Otsuan. As you're coming over yeah. the main road from George, you get, to, you see hops to, for the production of beer.
0: Yeah. yeah. In this
1: little Karoo area. Cause then if there's any moisture left, it then hits the Swartburg. So then falls in the little Karoo. And once it's hit the Swartburg, there's nothing left to go over into the great Karoo. And that's why the great Karoo is so dry. Cause there's no more rain left because it hit two mountain ranges and so whatever moisture's come through has gone up in elevation twice. Yeah. Yeah. That causes the precipitation, all the rain falls and there's nothing left for the great group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that But anyway, makes sense. so, so you, 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 just so from Willowmore, you're just on the, on the edge of the Otaniquas and now you're coming into, into Union out of Willowmore. You're coming into, into, um, Union Dell. Even in Uniondale, you are now this far south. We've got one of the block in Uniondale. And okay. And this, this is um, one known of five that were built around Uniondale, garrisoned by the local town guard. But it, can, it shows you the extent of this war that even little town yeah. Uniondale were worried about security and built blockhouses i mean you you're less than 100 kilometers away from from the cape yeah yeah and yeah uniondale is putting town guards into forts yes so kind of kind of kind of interesting to to think how how that works and then in uniondale as well there's one of the very few 1952 funrebury festival monuments Oh, yes. Yeah. 1552, 1952, 300 years of Jan van Riebeeck's arrival. And again, there's not, there's not many of those, of those monuments. We've only found, I think we found, we found a total of seven. We know of seven of those monuments in South Africa. Yeah. From the, from the van Riebeek festival. So if anybody knows of another one, please tell us where it is so we can add it to our app. That, that particular category on our apps looking a bit, bit sparse. There's only seven entries in it. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but <laughs> then, then, then you know your the, the road goes down just just south of the Kamanasi Kamanasi Nature Reserve in the mountains, sort of a little bit of a a branch off the Swatberg, and then you're about to hit the N12, and the N12 is the main route from George through Otsuane that then heads up through through the Karoo up through to Beaufort West. But the last little intriguing story that we that, that I'll leave you with on this one is. One of our South African mysteries, and one of the legends in South African mythology is the legend of the mermaids of the Karoo. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and the smaller the clan Karoo, or the you know, what we call the clan Karoo the the little Karoo, the southern section of the Karoo, south of the Swatburgs, have got this enduring legend where many locals. Claim to have seen this mermaid in little rock pools in the mountain, combing her hair, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Um, <laughs> and look, I don't think anybody believes in mermaids anymore. But you've got to yeah. consider that this area, two hundred fifty million years ago, was underwater. Yeah, it was completely underwater. It's part of the ocean. And when those when those waters retreated, they left all these deposits, and that's what gives this the Little Karoo its um, fertility. That's why yes. it's such a good area for things like hops, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So here you've got all these caverns and mountains and fertile soils and things, and it's not 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 unlikely that something got left behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other side of the story is that this place is also—it's again—it's a—it's an absolute haven of sand rock art, or koi rock art. Yeah, yeah, koi san Yeah, the koi, of the koi sun, <laughs> and <clears throat> a lot of their mythology is on what we call therianthropes. and a therianthrope is a half animal, half person being or deity that um yeah that the shamans would see while in their trance state communicating with the ancestors or communicating with the spirits. Yeah and if you go to a cave there's a cave just outside um in and the Esel It's quite a mission to get there. But there's a cave in the Yersel Yaksport with pictures of mermaids. Okay. And it's sand rock art depicting mermaids. Uh, do you know uh, how old they are? The drawings? Uh, no. No. So <laughs> it's just an interesting little aside here with all these intersecting stories of weird animals, weird fossils, sand, spirits, strange <laughs> rock art. Legends of people having seen mermaids. And there's actually pictures and paintings done by the sand in this little word of mermaids. There's, a yeah, so they... of the, there's, a, there's actually a picture of the, of the mermaids up on the app. If you're interested, go and look, look for the, um, the category, the mysteries, South African mysteries and go look for the guru yeah. and you can see the picture we've actually got a picture of that rock art and it's fascinating yeah. to think how that actually originated and i don't think there's a, I don't actually think there's a firm answer to that one
0: yeah they must have seen some, something yeah uh, something, if you look something. at the mariana trench the deepest part of the ocean um they're discovering all kinds of new life uh, that they never knew existed because we only have explored like five percent of our ocean. I
1: think we've seen more of the moon than we have of, have of our own ocean floor. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. For sure. Seriously. So <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I thought that was a kind of a, kind of a stool cool, cool story to end in our little trip on the N nine. So lots to see yeah. on that road as well. And as you're now coming in, you intersect with the N twelve, so your choice is now turn right up to Oatswood and or turn left down to George. And each of those yeah. of course have they've got their 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 own attractions to go and have a look at. Yeah, but that's those are stories for for other days, for next time. Yeah, for next time. <laughs> yeah, awesome, cool. man. So next um, time we'll do the N ten. Okay, N ten. Yeah, the N the N ten is also also quite an interesting one. It, it starts starts sort of up there in Middleburg. The N nine intersects the N ten in Middleburg. <laughs> And then it goes down okay. through Craddock, down through Craddock through through to Addo and into into P E now I'm called Pabarcha or Pabarha. Yes. I'm struggling with the pronunciation of that one. But again, <laughs> the last to see Cradock. Yeah. also an absolute gem of a spot with history. Cookhouse and Addo Elephant Park, all the stories there. Fantastic. So maybe yeah. we'll for next time. Yes. Awesome. Cool,
0: man. Well,
1: you guys have been listening
0: to The Road Trip Show with uh, Diedrich here on Big George Digital. So go look for the uh, Road Trip app on the Apple Store and, of course, uh, Google Play Store. And, uh, yeah, you can search for The Road Trip um, uh, Podcast on, uh, well, I think it's uh, Spotify. Uh,
1: Buzz, yeah, Buzzsprout. It's on about 25 platforms just for Road Trip. Road, yeah. Road Trip Show.
0: Yeah. Awesome, Didrik. Awesome. Give out well, next, next
1: time in here. Many thanks. Okay. Cheers, okay. I. Right? Cheers. Bye.